Empire. Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brastadamus, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. We are a proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. D-Mendy here, joined by a man that we call Kelly Oubre because he's the handsome man on this podcast. What's going on, Brastradamus? <laughs> I already knew you were coming to me. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's Can't your guy. Him, I had to do. Uh, we also are joined tonight by a man that I am now calling Kevy Devi because of his affiliation with Devi Conta. It's Kevin Coleman. What's going on? Hey, I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm, it's like 80 degrees in California. I don't know what I'm doing myself. I gotta, I gotta cut this beard. It's getting too hot. <laughs> yeah, it must be nice in that kind of weather. It's like in the 50s here. A lot of wind. Uh, it's, it's all over the place in Maryland. All over the place. But we're not here to talk about weather. No Johnny Foosball and no Doc tonight. So we had to basically step things up tonight and give you a basically a guy that's going to give you a two for one. So you see him on the screen now. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we welcome in a man that lives by the biggie quote, I'm living every day like a hustle. A senior <laughs> sports writer for CBS Sports, analyst on fantasy football today, and lover of all things Gardner Minshew. This Chiefs fan loves his beer, loves his barbecue, and his V-neck shirts. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man, the myth, the legend that is Heath Cummins. What's going on, man? That was a very well-researched intro. Bravo. <laughs> Fantastic job. Literally everything you said was true. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. should be a fun time. Yeah, like I said, uh, you are one of the best in the industry. Yeah, you are on my favorite podcast. CBS is just does great content. Talked to a lot of He's guys before that on there. <laughs> what did you say, Brad? He's just saying that. That's not true. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> So he well, I, I kind of realized like once he said I was one of the best in the industry that we were going to go off. We, we were done with the factual things and now we were just going to start <laughs> saying things. But I, I appreciate it. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I, it, it feel, does feel like a hustle that I get to do this job for a living. So I'm, I'm very thankful. Can you tell us just for those that don't know your journey, how you got started in the fantasy industry to where you're at today? Uh, yeah. Blogging. Uh, Twitter and dumb luck, I would say, is the, uh, the order of events. I, I I wrote for several blogs like 15 years ago um, for free um, just because I enjoyed writing. I'd gone to college for it, but then I'd flunked out of college because I liked other things more. Um, and so I just kind of, you know, I was working uh, and writing on the side. And then I saw Sigmund Bloom like probably 10 years ago now had posted on Twitter that they had uh, some openings for game recappers. And uh, I, I, you weren't actually on the staff. You would just get an assignment every week to watch one game and write up one side of that game and turn it in. And uh, you didn't even weren't even guaranteed to get one every week. But that was the beginning. I did that for a year. 
And then I became a full-time staff member, not full-time, but a full, a full staff member at uh, Football Guys. And I did that for probably four or five years. Maybe it was three or four. And then I, I mean, the whole time I was applying for to do this full-time, I just didn't really think I'd ever get one of the jobs. And uh, CBS decided they wanted me to move to South Florida and talk about fantasy sports all day. Wow. The dream, man. And you're doing a great job with it, too. You're entertaining, and you've been killing it ever since. Uh, I do have to ask you, are you, are you still a big Gardner uh, Minshew truther? Because that seems like that's kind of set sail a little bit here. Well, no, it has for everyone else. But, like, the thing about being a truther <laughs> is you know the truth. So, you, like, you're not going to actually – because everybody else decides that Gardner Minshew isn't good anymore. Like – I'm a Gardner Minshew truther to the um, to the degree that I don't see any reason to believe that Sam Darnold or Daniel Jones are definitely better quarterbacks or more deserving of starting jobs right now, other than the fact that when they came out of college, teams thought they were really good, so yeah. they drafted them really high. That's a legitimate argument because I don't think you can actually say that Daniel Jones has done anything better than what true luck. Yeah, 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 that's a good call. Yeah, no, it's it's a fair point. I I'm not a Gardner Minshew guy, but looking at it through that lens, like who, you know, the guys that are actually given these starting jobs, have they done anything to prove themselves above Gardner Minshew? And the answer is probably no. Heath, you're talking to a Sam Darnold truther, so oh. we're on a weird oh. uh, page right here together. Because <laughs> no, like, I'm a Sam, big Sam Darnold truther here. I, I didn't know I, that. You know, about I, I've you, not, man. I've not met one of you in person. I, I, I'm here. Interact with you guys a lot online. <laughs> it seems like. Hey, I wrote. A, I, I swear, I wrote a 10,000 word essay on the Sam Darnold. David knows. I, it's out there in the internet somewhere in October. I still believe he's still one of my guys. October. <laughs> Yes. Last year? This last year, I wrote, I said, once he gets away from the Jets, he can be a QB1. He's away from the Jets, Heath. He's there. He's with Carolina now. So I still have hope. He's still my guy. So, because we had like a full year of evidence since October mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, of Sam Darnold playing, throwing footballs. With um, Adam Gase, yes. Well, yeah, 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 with Adam Gase. And <laughs> I, like, the, getting away from Adam Gase is possible. Like, I don't. That's the only reason I wouldn't want to write off Sam Darnold is Adam Gase. I think yeah. like you could write ten thousand words, or you could just write Adam Gase. Heath, Heath, who would you writing, rather have? Heath. I love writing. <laughs> who would you rather have, Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Darnold? Ah, uh, well, probably. <laughs> Am I trying to win as many games as possible this year? <laughs> yes. This year, this year. Okay. Don't worry if about I was age, just don't like worry about the future. <laughs> If all I cared about was winning games this year, I would 100% think you have to take Teddy Bridgewater. If I was uh, actually running a franchise, uh, I think you take Darnold because there's still like a 5% chance that he doesn't suck. And if he does suck, then you get a good draft pick again next year. Teddy's hmm. probably going to get you to 500 or close. As we've been talking about Sam Darnold, I see our viewers just going down. So we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave the Sam Darnold talk there. We have a big show planned for tonight. On tonight's episode, we're talking Heat's Meats and Draft Day Treats. So with Heath Cummins on the show today, we had picked two of his favorite things in the world. That's meats and football, combine them into one. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to take nine cuts of beef, and we're going to use aspects of that to analyze players. I don't know how this is going to go, so hopefully it goes well, so we'll see what happens. go well. Uh, But anyway, after that, we'll go to our question of the week. Who's the most terrifying offensive lineman of all time? And as always, we have our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. 
So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then man, we are here to do it for you. Let's do it! Yeah! All right, let's get some energy in here, right? So Sam Darnold's put to bed. We got some news we got to hit. So let's start with some news and notes here. Keith, hope I didn't scare you away with that. You did not You did not scare me away. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure looking at the notes, the first news item is going to bring the energy you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, you know, that's a very good point. I, I should have rearranged these a little bit. Uh all right, so let's let's get to some weird news then. <laughs> talk, let's talk about the Redskins, and let's talk about the retirements that happened. And that's the Alex Smith, or the Washington football team, excuse me. Alex Smith, former Washington football team member, retiring. Jordan Reed, a longtime member of the Washington football team, retired. I guess you could also say they're both former 49ers as well. Uh, do you guys have any fond memories of these guys outside of, obviously, the injury stuff? That you'll remember about these guys. Heath, I'm a big diehard Chiefs fan, just like yourself. So I have a lot of fond memories with him in KC. What What are your thoughts about either of those guys? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm glad that both of them are currently healthy and going out currently healthy because these are two guys that, for a variety of different reasons, like have been in some very scary situations over the past four or five years. So, uh, so I'm happy for them and. Uh, Listen, Jordan Reed was an absolute monster for a very short stretch of time as a tight end. And like you said, I'm a Chiefs fan. Alex Smith always got a little bit of a bad rap, except for in the two quarterback community where he became like this uh, Bartolo Colon like uh, (laughs) mascot of two QB somehow. Um, But no, I always I always loved Alex Smith. Um, Love that final year in Kansas City when when Andy Reid kind of unleashed him in preparation for what he was going to do with Patrick Mahomes in the future. Um, So, yeah, very happy for both those guys. Yeah, I think we're glad to watch them walk away healthy and nothing bad happening on the field. Brad, you're the Washington football team guy on this show. Saw both of those guys play. What are your thoughts about those two guys? You know, there's already. Uh, a small amount of guilt that I have watching football because I know the long-term effects that it can have. But those two guys in particular gave me an exorbitant amount of guilt watching them play. Um, Jordan Reed, a tremendous talent, just a freak of nature, a true athlete. Anytime he was on the field, you just wanted more of him. You were just, you were kind of yearning to see him really just explode. You know, he's, he's the kind of guy, you know, you think of a, a Darren Waller, a Travis Kelsey, he could have been that, but those kind of injuries, it, you can't mess with them, man. You just sometimes you just gotta you get you play the cards you're dealt, and he was dealt concussions, and I'm glad that he's chosen to walk away. And then Alex Smith, another gladiator. People want them to name the comeback player of the year award after him, but um, every time I saw him out there, I was just like, man, I wish he would just retire. He was hobbling on one leg. He was he was limping. You know, it, he had the dead foot or whatever. It, it was just a very uncomfortable feeling watching both Alex Smith and Jordan Reed. And, you know, I, I, life is long, man, God willing life is long. And I hope that, you know, their football career is just a short part of, of who they, they believe they are to be. And they're going to have a long life after this. And, and, you know, that they're going to do a lot of great things and it doesn't need to be on the football field. So I'm glad they both retired, to be honest. Agreed. Kev, you live in California, saw them play as well. Anything different from you? Yeah, I'll just take it for as a dad. I'm hoping Alex Smith gets to go hang out with his kids. Taking and, it as a dad. And just be just be a good dad and hang out. That's the most important part. And, you know, that's what I was excited for him. He showed his kids they can, you know, they can recover. They can come back from something like that. So um, I'm just happy for him, and I'm hoping he has a great retirement. 
All right, fair enough. Next bit of news, Davian Clowney signed a one-year $10 million deal with the Cleveland Browns. So I asked you guys, Heath, is that a uh, Cleveland Browns top five for the Super Bowl next year? Yes or no? Oh, top five what? Like contender. Are they trying? Are they trying to decide a cold weather city that they want to move the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> it might be top five in cities that the Super Bowl shouldn't go to. Um, no, um, I, I think they might have an average defense now, and and they, they're probably a borderline playoff team if they don't regress too much from what happened last year. And they're getting uh, Grant Delpert and Greedy Williams back, who should help that back end too, because I know they yes. both missed most of their rookie seasons. Uh, but everybody, everybody's trying to get on that, oh, Cleveland's that dark horse talk. So They are, man. That's I mean, because if you think about it, people were doubling Miles Garrett. So now they can't really double Miles Garrett. You double Miles Garrett, you're leaving Jadavion Clowney open. And like you mentioned, they're getting those two injuries and holdouts back. And I really think this is a defense you need to you don't need to be scared of them, but they're they're a defense that can they can sneak up on you. And you know, we're talking about a playoff team last year. Like Heath said, if they don't regress, I have no reason to think they're not an 11-12-1 team next year. We'll have to see what happens. I want to get to the next bit of news here. The Falcons open all options at the number four pick. Um, really, this is, I think, the pick that nobody knows what's going to happen, right? So, Heath, we're just, as we're sitting here today, about a week before the draft, where in your gut do you think the Falcons go with that fourth pick? I think they trade away, trade it away and get back to the middle of the first or like 10 or 11 and then probably take Najee Harris. Everybody tells them they're dumb for taking a running back, but I, that's kind of what makes sense to me. So I, I think they probably trade. Somebody's going to want the fourth quarterback, whoever, whoever they think that is. And uh, I would expect the Falcons straight away. So no Kyle Pitts. No, you're not thinking any Kyle Pitts love there. I just don't like, I love Kyle Pitts and I think he could be awesome. But mm-hmm. also the man Kyle Smith's in Kyle Pitts in in, in Arthur Smith system. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that like that that Jonu Smith role with Kyle Pitts in it. It's a. It's better, but it's not like a high volume role or anything. And they have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Hayden Hurst. Like that's not where you're bad. Take a defensive player. Take a running back. Would be my expectation or offensive lineman even. Kev, you agree? Yeah, I, I figure if they're not going to take a quarterback, they trade back and get assets. Uh, that would probably be my understanding. But if they did stay there, I wouldn't mind them taking Rashawn Slater, to be honest. He could be one of the best you know, tackles in this league um, if they sit there and take him. And that would be a good stop for the four. You know, he's six foot four, 304 pounds. He's a massive guy. He could be the best tackle in this class. So I wouldn't hate that pick either. You're trying to cause a fight not taking Sewell with the fourth pick? <laughs> no, I just think Slater's better. Now you like to be hot takey. I see how it is. Okay. Let's, all right, let's move to the last one. Then the Steelers basically already come out and said they're looking to take a running back. Uh, looks like they could be taking him in the first round, according to Gary Dulek of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. So if they do take a, a running back in the first round, let's say it's Najee Harris. Heath, where are you ranking Najee Harris as far as in your running backs for redraft next year? You know, it's probably somewhere a little bit like five to t- five to seven spots below wherever the consensus has him. I was gonna, like, <laughs> based on every year in the past, um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe somewhere between fifteen and twenty at running back. On, on one hand, like Pittsburgh's got a pretty good history. When they have a guy, they've got a mm-hmm. guy. Like yeah. they do not enjoy the running back by committee at all, and I thank them for that. 
Um, but on the other hand, they had one of the worst run blocking offensive lines in the league last year, and it probably got worse. So yeah. I, I, I don't, and they, and they throw it 650 times every time Ben stays healthy. So I, I think it's kind of a mixed bag as a landing spot, but it's definitely one of the top three or four as well. Yeah, they lost a couple of their offensive linemen this offseason. They already rushed for a league-worst 1,351 yards last year at 3.6 yards per carry, which is also the worst mark in the NFL. So uh, I don't know that's what it is what it once was, where you had that zone-blocking scheme with all those good linemen with Le'Veon Bell there. I think a lot of people still think that that's kind of what it is there. So it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, but if you're enjoying the content so far, we just ask you here, if you could please click the subscribe button wherever you find your podcast. And if you want to hear more triple play, great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball and basketball show you can check out, available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, about lighten up that app with a five-star rating interview to support the show. Check us out on Twitter and social media, at Triple Play Fantasy. Eric and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions, tweets that will get no likes, and of course, our weekly episode drops. And if you want to keep the fun going, make sure you check out the website, tripplayfantasy.com. All the best articles, videos, podcasts, and more, all at the mecca that is Triple Play Fantasy. So, fellas, I'll ask you guys, besides the Fantasy Football Today podcast, there's only one other podcast that will make your friends' heads turn like they're in The Exorcist when they hear it from their phone for the first time. And that's Triple Play Fantasy. So make sure that you check out the pod if you have not checked it out already. Heath, have you ever seen that before by chance? The Exorcist? Probably. <laughs> it's a classic. you got to watch it. I don't have a great recollection of it. I don't, my wife doesn't watch those types of movies at all. Yeah. When I was younger, like I watched all the Friday the 13 and the Texas Chainsaw Massacres and, and all those. But I oh, it's a classic. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I remember seeing it. I'm absolutely down to turn this into a movie. No, podcast. He, we're not doing it. <laughs> we're not Adam ranking this and turning this into a movie podcast. We're gonna... Wait. All right. Dave, Dave, I did want to say this. You skipped over me very rudely. Um, the Steelers. I really, I haven't seen this in any mock drafts, but I really think they need to take a quarterback. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is going to be out of here probably next year, maybe two years at the most. My favorite quarterback for that system, Kellen Mond, man. He's got a strong arm, pushed the ball vertically, fat, fires fastballs, quick release. He can buy time with his feet. Um, he avoids turnovers. He played three years as a starter. Like, I, I really think he's a like a young Ben Roethlisberger in the making. And I, I really think he's perfect for that system, especially to just sit there and wait a year. But I don't know that they need to take him in the first round. I don't know how high his draft stock is going, but I think he's a really talented player who's not getting any love right now. I mean, everybody's talking about his arm strength for sure. Uh, yeah. I've heard his name being floated around a lot. So it will be interesting to see how that plays out. But let's move into the main part today. And we've got Heath's Meats and Draft Day Treats. Again, we've got the nine cuts of beat that we're going to go through. I, I made my best attempt here to try to connect them. And I purposely didn't send you guys the connector because I wanted you to, to grade me <laughs> on these connectors here. <laughs> so the first one, and this is the production value we have on this show, Heath. I'm going to put up a screen of the cuts of the cow here. <laughs> wow, wow. That, is, wow. that is impressive. Uh, we don't do it big here, especially big time guests. So <laughs> we start at the, you can see right at the top part. I don't even know if you can see it on the screen. Uh, but the Chuck, which is the upper part of the cow here, according to uh, the site that I got it from. Chuck is from the <laughs> front upper section of the cow. Gets a lot of movement. As such, the Chuck cut of meat is very lean, non-fatty cut that can be pretty tough. You usually see Chuck cut as a Chuck eye steak, shoulder steak, Chuck T-bone steak, and boneless short ribs. It's a lot of meat. 
These cuts are not so great for grilling or searing, and they'd be too tough to chew through. So talking about the chuck, as I get our cow off screen here, <laughs> my question to you guys is since the chuck gets a lot of movement, who is the fantasy-relevant player you've seen most sliding up and down draft boards getting a lot of movement and your thoughts on them? So that's going to eat first. Um, so what I would have done here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that not what I'm supposed to do? Um, I'm going to say I actually have one for this one. Oh, let's do it. Let's go. Uh -oh. And I don't, uh -oh. I don't really – like the thing is, like Chuck is is probably one of the worst cuts of meat that we're going to talk about, and I I like this guy, but I'd say it's Kadarius Tony. We're talking about a guy that's moving up and down draft, and we don't really have any idea where he's going to end up. Um, and I actually really like him quite a bit right now. I've got him just uh, just inside my top ten as far as rookie rankings, um, but he's that's also odd. part of a massive tier. At why, like after the top six picks, I think there's probably seven or eight wide receivers there that depending on whether they're taken in the first round or the second round, depending on what type of situation they go to, they could end up just about anywhere. Yeah, he yeah. seems like he's a pretty electric back. And I know, Kev, you've done a lot of work with him with the Debbie analysis. What are your thoughts with Tony? Yeah, that was going to be my pick, but he's much smarter than I am. Um, I was just going to say, you know, the thing that really worries me about, about Tony, all the analytic guys are going to go off because they don't like what he kind of did. He, the most productive season he had was 980 yards. His senior year, he's a late breakout. Um, his dominator rating was never great. Uh, he, he, he is explosive though. Like he can be explosive. Um, some people look at him more as just like a scat back. Can he kind of, is he kind of like a dynamic player that can get in space? I think that like the most important thing I've heard on a podcast, I forget who said it though. I feel bad for him, but they said great teams draft with a, a system in place and with like a, a project. They're looking for a guy that they can actually fit and they're going to use the right way. He needs that. I feel like he needs a team that believes in him and like that can use him in that way. So that's what worries me if he goes to a team that just kind of draft him because he keeps falling and they're going, oh, that's an athlete. Let's take him because that could really hurt him. It looks like he's they're kind of deciding if he's going to be that running back wide receiver hybrid type of role from the little I've looked in on him. Is that fair that they, they feel like he could kind of do both, get carries, and he might be able to kind of be used a lot in the slot type of deal? It's it's more yeah I don't I I mean it could be I think he's I think he's more of a wide receiver, but he could handle some running plays the way like a Curtis Samuel does possibly. Yeah, that that's kind of I was thinking one of those running backs or one of those guys that will get uh, those type of running back carries. So. That, uh, that jack of all trades role in college it never really plays out in the NFL. You you kind of get you choose one position and that's what you're gonna play like. It doesn't matter that Tony played some running back and some wide receiver. When he goes to the NFL, he's probably going to be a wide receiver. Or Antonio Gibson back. would like, like a word with you. Exactly. And so, well, Antonio Gibson, he's just a running back in the NFL. That's it. Like it, he catches some out of that backfield a little bit, and you know they line him up in the slot, but they don't throw to him. Like it's just he plays one position, even though he did both in college. That's fair. Let's move then to the next one. Or unless Brad, did you have somebody different you wanted to, to bring up for the Chuck? But I feel like it's a worthless cut of meat, so we can move on. <laughs> I was gonna say Mac Jones, and to me that is worthless. So you can go. Ahead. <laughs> oh. that, that was it. That was my. That was like yeah. the second answer I almost thought of, but I tried to answer yeah. it in the spirit of the connector. <laughs> All right, I like it. Uh, then let's move to the next cut of meat. And uh, what's up, Troy? And then let's go to the. Let's go to my picture here. Oh yeah, we won't be able to survive without this. No, I think it's we like. Drama. It's a nice image here. 
Let's go to the ribs. I think everybody knows who the ribs are. Huh? Did you draw this? <laughs> oh, you must you have a lot of faith in my drawing skills. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> that's nice. I wish I was that talented. The next cut of meat we're talking about is the rib. It's pretty obvious that you can go cooking ribs in a really nice way. And if you've ever eaten barbecue ribs, they're delicious. Aside from that, ribeye steaks are a common cut from the rib and work great when they're pan seared or cooked in the oven. Ribeye steak is considered one of the better cuts of meat because it has good balance of muscle and fat, which creates a lot of flavor and juiciness. So how does David connect that? Well, let's find out. So... Who in this class, who in your mind, is the safest and most balanced running back of the class? I struggled because I'm not sure the safest is the most balanced, but I'm going to go to who I think the safest is, and it's not Jay okay. Harris. I, I think he and ETN are the only two backs that I really feel confident are going to have like an extended period of fantasy success. There will be one or two others out of the class that pops. Um, I don't have a good grasp on which one of those two it's going to be. It may have more to do with what type of opportunity they get earlier in their career. But Harris and ETN are the two guys that I think that could be pretty good answers for this question. Brad, we'll go to you next. Who's your answer for either the safest or the most balanced running back? Yeah, I, I had the same answer as Heath, but a little, well, I guess a little different. I, I went with ETN. Um, I think when you look at a, at a fantasy successful running back, it's a guy that can do it on the ground and through the air. ETN, he's got, you know, he's got it covered on the ground, um, depending on which team he goes to. Hopefully they have a good offensive line. But through the air, I think uh, um, Trevor Lawrence has something like 71% of his air yards come through the slant which you know typically goes through to to wide receivers but etn was lining up in in the slot every now and then so i you know i really think he's got a he's got a good skill set for wherever he goes and wherever he goes they're going to have to draft him high which means they're going to play him so um i i expect etn to have good fantasy numbers kev are you going to get different on me or are you staying the same well, no, you said safest in there. I'm going to go ETN. I think Najee is too. But the thing I loved about ETN is like when the college scouts never said, hey, you need to get better at receiving. He did. After his sophomore year, he went up to 37 yep. receptions, 400 yards, four touchdowns. Next year, he improved on that number in 2020. Um, so I think that he, we have some, I think, prospect fatigue with him. He's been around so long that people kind of forget yeah. what he can do. I, I think both of these guys are one contract fantasy assets, though. I think that's kind of how I look at them. Guys? One con- I've never heard that before. One contract fantasy yet? Like you mean like a couple seasons and then they're done? I'm going to trade them in Dynasty after like two seasons or three to be four if they wow. fall off that second wow. contract. Okay, I like that. I, I want to say that you guys are all wrong. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> because. I interrupted just, you, Heath. What, what were you going to say? I was going to say Javante no, I Williams. I, I didn't say anything. I just thought that was strong. Okay, okay. I did too. No, no Javante Williams love in here? I like Javante Williams. I think, yeah, I think he might be a one contract fantasy back. Oh, one, okay. really? I think okay. the one season. Ooh, one season. One season. <laughs> Stop. You guys are tearing oh, my wow. heart out right now. Wow. Being really rude to these these children, these 21-year-olds. <laughs> I didn't he, I believe he didn't he set the the record for the most broken tackles last season. Yes, he did. Yeah, yes, but he, he had he like did. 29 against Miami on one run. So let's relax about the most my, broken Miami's tackles. Miami's no scrub, there. man. That's a yeah. D1 program right there. I know. I like Javante. But go ahead, David. I don't want to go ahead. I just wanted to speak up for Javante Williams since he doesn't have a voice on this show. So <laughs> I did my duty there. All right, let's move then to the next category. 
And I didn't know this was actually a part of the cow until I did my research. And so he don't hate me for this, but I didn't know the short loin was different than the sirloin. <laughs> and the, uh, the short loin is made up of the upper middle section of the cow. It's also another cut that makes for a great steak. And this is where you see porthouse, T-bone, and top loin steak, all which have a similar makeup to ribeye with a good combo of muscle and fat. So this is apparently one of the most desirable cuts of meat. So when you're talking about desire, I don't know if you guys ever watched Lucifer, uh, one of my favorite shows, shout out. But my question is to you, what do you truly desire for your team to draft with their first round selection? Keith, uh, yeah, for our guys. Watch, did you guys watch the Super Bowl? Um, we need some <laughs> offensive linemen. Like, if they could get six offensive linemen in this draft, I feel would feel pretty good about it. Um, offensive sure. linemen and then more offensive linemen. You and, should trade uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes and get some get all the that, offensive that, linemen. That is not no, <laughs> no. We wouldn't need an offensive lineman anymore if we didn't have him. <laughs> How do you feel, Heath, about if we traded the thirty-first pick for Orlando Brown straight up? Ooh, I don't know that I hate that. I think I, I might be alright with that. We'd have to sign him though. I, I do. Whatever. I just don't draft a running back, please. <laughs> <laughs> I think all the people that hate on Clyde Edwards hilarious another conversation for another day. But I think we had one of the worst run blocking lines last year. All the upgrades on the interior, I think, are really going to help him have a lot better year this coming year. Uh, just happen, let's go to you next. Yeah, as a Dallas fan, uh, we need to draft a cornerback, please. Uh, Patrick Sertan would be – I think oh, he's a great God. fit. I think he's an ideal kind of scenario there. Um, if he's not there, you know, I'd like to trade back somewhere and maybe grab Horn uh, somewhere in the middle of the draft. But if Sertan's there, I think we have to grab him. Um, I think that he'd fit us in. We could start him at corner. Um, we we have no defense. Our, my Cowboys never draft defense. We, I, we haven't had a safety for 15 years. Uh, so I would like to see something in the secondary. That would be great. I feel like your secondary has been bad for years. Thanks, David. Yeah, I've watched it. Uh, it's been really bad. We've made some. We've made some really subpar NFC East quarterbacks look very good. That's great for fantasy. So you can keep that up for us. Yeah. Thanks, Brad. What about you? Yeah, when my squad signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, I was pretty happy about it because I thought he was a great bridge quarterback. But the thing with a bridge quarterback is it can't be a bridge to nowhere, right? You have to have a bridge to bridge him to, and I think. It would it would be beneficial to our squad if we drafted a quarterback with our first pick. Um, I don't know if they're going to. I've seen a lot of you know that that Stanford quarterback in the second round. Um, to me, I'd love if we reach for somebody. I'd love if we trade it up. I think we need a quarterback that can sit down for a year or two, learn the offense, learn what it is to be a pro, learn what it is to be an adult, come in, feel confident, do their thing, and we have a new quarterback for the next you know, 10 years, because I don't know what that feels like. I've Robert Griffin, the third has been the best quarterback that I've had in my entire existence as a pro. And he lasted like a year and a half. And uh, I would love to have a quarterback that I can depend on like you, Dave. Oh, wow. Thank you. I wasn't ready for that. Let's uh, you talked about quarterbacks, though, getting my chart up here. We go to another prime part of the cow. This part I knew the sirloin. And this is considered the top notch part. Obviously, it's got great quality. You make uh, tri-tip steak, which I've never heard of. It's similar to tenderloin and, and porterhouse. And when you talk about top-notch, you got to talk about quarterbacks because that's what everybody talks about when talking about top-notch positions in the league. So my question to you guys is, outside of Trevor Lawrence, how are you ranking these quarterbacks? 
you know, I I've been a little bit surprised, and I'm always a little bit late getting into the draft research, um, just because I don't have time for it in season at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Um, and I like the idea that Zach Wilson was has just been like certain to go ahead of Justin Fields. I really don't get. Um, I think Justin Fields is the second best quarterback, and it's a lot closer between three and five than it is between two and three. Um, as far as who's three, I'm not totally sure. I think it, it, it's probably Wilson or Lance. Um, and then I guess Mac Jones can be fifth. <laughs> well, I know where Kevin's going to go on this. So Cal, I, I was going to ask you ahead of time to take your 10 minute spiel of why Trey Lance is going to be the best quarterback in this class and shorten it down to under 60 seconds. So go okay. ahead. I'm not going to say he's going to be the best quarterback. I would say that you're, he's correct on, on fields. I don't understand the Wilson love that much as I've watched him for the last few years doing Debbie too. Um, I think he has a lot more question marks in fields. <clears throat> I don't know why people, I don't understand the thing about fields. I think the jets will, I, I did a mock recently that I would be doing and I had the jets taking fields and I, and they've been really quiet. I don't know why everybody on Twitter thinks they know what these GMs are going to do. Um, but they tend to think they do, but I don't know what that is. So I would go Lawrence and Fields. Very, you know, they're in that same that tier. And then I have Lance, Wilson, and Jones. That's kind of how I have it. So you have, you have Trey Lance at three. Yeah, you're a fraud. I, I I wouldn't disagree with that. Like I think it's really close with with Lance there at three. He's kind of interesting too because he didn't really have any much college film to be able to watch this year. So you're going off of what you saw two years ago, and also yeah, you could argue competition. Yeah, yeah, I understand the competition thing, and I'm not going to go on a tirade, so don't worry. Don't yell at me. <laughs> but what I will say is that what is he supposed to do? He did everything he was supposed to do exactly. to get the competition ahead of him. Yes, they didn't play the greatest, but it's still division two football, right? Like, they're still doing things in there. We've seen what Carson Wentz has done when he came from North Dakota State. Um, and so oh, I, I love what Lance – Delaware. Okay. Uh, yeah, Flacco is Delaware. Uh, but I would say, you know, Lance has that ability. He has a lot of potential. Um, and if I'm moving up, I'm taking him. And that's a guy that I would love to see somewhere. I right. uh, I don't have the tools to, I don't know, uh, discern who's the number two or the number three or the number four quarterback. But one thing I will say is all year, I like, I don't think I'm going crazy. I know I have a short attention span. Like, you know, it's... It, <laughs> The pandemic has has changed all of our brains, but I'll just say that all year when I watched college football and last year, I didn't hear Zach Wilson's name. And then one day something happened and it was draft. It was mock draft season and somebody put Zach Wilson at number two and it's just stayed there. And I don't know how it's happened. I respect that he had a really great year. I respect that, you know, I guess he's electric um, I, I just don't understand how he's better than Justin Fields or Trey Lance or any of these other guys that I've heard for years on end. And it just seems like he's popped up. And it seems like when that happens, like like Blaine Gabbert, like there's a bunch of names that just pop up. Sometimes. That's a bolt. Wow. Are you comparing him to Blaine Gabbert? That, that's not a hot comparing thing. him to Blaine Gabbert. But <laughs> saying, he, his rise was very similar to Blaine Gabbert. Like one day they just pop up and they're there. And they're decided to be a top five pick. And that's what's happened to, to Zach Wilson. And, you know, maybe he's good. Maybe he's not. I don't know. But I just know that I, I'm not crazy in thinking that I haven't seen him all year until mock draft season. All right, fairness, well, I think he's more of a Blake Bortles than a Blaine Gabbert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brad, you know what I'm going to do? Career. That's a longer career. 
I'm going to cherry pick that little clip and then I'm just going to post that and be like, the next Blaine Gabbert? Question mark? Oh, no. That's all right. I'll eat that. I'll eat that. I can make that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the next part of the meat, we've got the round. The round cut of meat consists on the rear section of the cow. I had never heard of this part either. Heath, have you ever cooked the round? Um, it's tough. Yeah, I don't Jeez, think Jesus. so. Like a lot of these cuts that we're talking about are like larger chunks that are cut into different types of cuts that we see at the store. Um, like you'll see, I think eye of round or something like something else like that. But I don't, I don't believe I've ever I have. No, it didn't look very appetizing when I saw pictures <laughs> of it. So this apparently goes into roasts and stews and anything you can cook for long periods of time. Well, we do cook a lot of beef roasts, so it's possible that one of those Ooh. is around. Okay, all right, I'll take that. But you've had like you've had roast beef. Is that round? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I think you're probably made roast beefs made out of different cuts of meat. But if that's the one known for roasts, I would presume that at least some of it is. I'm yeah. gonna call myself a professional after this podcast with all the meat that we're talking about here. Uh, yeah, you never know. It could be another career for me. So apparently, this gets a lot of work. This part of the cow. So you know who else gets a lot of work is the tight end. They block. They go out for passes. For passes. If you're John U. Smith, you got a goal line carry this past year. So my question to you guys, who outside of Kyle Pitts, if if there's someone that stands out to you, is that tight end that that kind of people should be talking about? Heath, what do you think? Um, I'll say, I, I guess I'll say Brevin Jordan because it's a lot easier to pronounce. No, there's Brevin <laughs> <laughs> Jordan and uh, Friar Freermuth. Freermuth are are both like like I think pretty clearly the second tier. But it's more like, in my opinion, at least they're like the third tier, and there's not a second tier of tight ends. They're they're guys that probably aren't going to get drafted until I would assume mid to late third, maybe even fourth round in rookie only drafts. And you're probably like the odds are with that type of tight end prospect that by the time they actually have a role in the offense, you're it's that right after you've thought, do I can I carry them anymore? Like it's hard to hold on to those guys. Brad, anybody of those two that Heath mentioned or any other stick out to you? If you think I'm checking for college tight ends, <laughs> you're out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, I should have known better to ask you a college tight end question when you're not doing Brad. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is my answer, and that's not yeah, That's the right answer. <laughs> there you go. Kev, Yeah, you can come to me. I'll talk about 20 college tight ends. All right, let's move on. But no, what I would say real quick is I love Jordan, but I love Hunter Long. I actually compared him to like a a, a, probably a little less athletic. Boston Boston College, right? Yeah. So I actually, I said he was a little bit of like a Todd Heap type tight end. Um, I'm aging myself with that reference, but uh, a little bit like I I saw Todd play. Um, So 6'5", 253. But like he said, these guys – there's no really second tier. I love Jordan, but he's going to be a versatile athlete. If they can maybe use him in different ways, I would love to see that. Maybe that could be a little bit better for fantasy perspective. But I think Hunter Long is someone, if you have really deep benches or something, you can stash him. All right, then let's move to the next part of the cow. And I don't it's on there. It's supposed to be the brisket. Yeah, but, it's on uh, there. Oh, there we go. The brisket on the front part of the cow here. And it seemed like I am because I don't know where anything is. But I, I don't know where to be there, but uh, yeah. <laughs> this cut is very tough. Basically, produces a brisket flat cut. It can be difficult to cook if you don't know what you're doing. So I should not be cooking it. And cooking it for a long time at a lower temperature is going to be your best bet. So my question to you guys: 
since it can be difficult to cook if you don't know what you're doing, if you're a cornerback, who would you not know what you're doing against, against which wide receiver in this draft class? Yeah, I, I want to first make sure that the brisket doesn't get a bad rap based on the description that was just given to it. It is the right. most delicious um, thing that I've ever cooked. And it's and like most of the time when you go to the store, you can, it's true, only get the brisket flat. But you should look for a butcher shop or a better place where you can get the flat with the point on it. Because the point is what you cut off and then chop up and then recook to make burnt ends, which is the most delightful thing you'll ever have in your mouth. So that's a Kansas City thing, right? Yes, yes. Um, and you should you should do that. Um, <laughs> but to answer the question, I'm going to go with Rondale Moore because I can't run with him and I can't cut with him. And he's kind of sneaky strong too. I don't think I can, I can, uh, I can like knock him off the line or anything. So I uh, think he, he's guy would, would give uh, some corners some problems in the right situation. I like that, Kev. What about you? Where are you going for this one? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle. I think he's explosive. They can line him up anywhere. It, it's hard for guys to stay in him. He creates separation really well. He's a lot of fun to watch out there. Um, I know my analytic guys hate him, but I love him. Um, and so I, I think that that's the guy for me. Brad, are you going with any of the big two up top, or are you going somewhere else? I was actually going to go Rondell Moore. Um, I liked uh, Wondell Robinson a lot, but, you know, I guess he's not coming out yet. So I I really think Rondell Moore possesses a lot of, you know, he's like a sneaky slot guy. He gets off, off the line very quickly. He's strong. He runs really well in option routes. He's got great hands. I, he's a he's a very scary person to guard, and I, I think wherever he goes, Kansas he almost City, need to, yeah, Kansas City, he almost doesn't need to have a role. Just whatever you put him in, he's going to do well. In, and I think uh, Rondell Moore is an excellent prospect. Heath, you wouldn't want Rondell Moore in Kansas City with our first round pick if he's there. I'm not saying that. It's just that he's not an offensive lineman. I don't think he can protect Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. Um, I do like. There's a chance the Chiefs are just being sneaky. And we're going to see Fisher and Schwartz back on the team in like July. And they're actually going to be okay. And the Chiefs are going to have an offensive line again. And so if they take Rondale Moore in the first round, I might actually feel like that's the plan. Like there's some there's some secret offensive line plan that I've not been made aware of. Heath, I wouldn't doubt. Uh, what would you, I guess Heath and Dave, mm-hmm. what would you not be okay with trading up in the top five to get Panay Sewell? I don't know how they do it. That's a lot of draft capital. You'd have I mean, they could up. trade Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He was a first round running back. <laughs> what if the asking price is like, you know, two future first rounders and like, I don't know, a wide receiver and like they what what they don't have any get any wide receivers? Yeah. They got McCall Hardman. What are you guys talking about? Yeah, they got Hardman. They, like I said, Who wants McCall Hardman? <laughs> um no, I would give up a lot to go get Sewell. That would be fantastic. I just, it, I, I trying to be a little bit, I, I don't think I see how they could do it at yeah. four. You think he's like the Falcons might trade back. Right. Four? But they get, I, for 31 and 31 next year and 32 the year after that. <laughs> um, That's a good point. Let's, <laughs> let's move on though. Cause we got a couple more cuts of meat. We'll get through here. We've got next the short plate. The short plate primal cut is basically the underbelly of the cow. 
stretches from the front legs to before you hit the hind legs on the lower section of the animal. These cuts also tend to be a little tough. They're extremely rich in flavor, and because it's located to the top of the side of the ribs, it's generous fat layers. So talking about layers of fat being tough, the underbelly, it sounds like we're talking about offensive linemen. So my question to you guys, which team selects an offensive lineman first in this upcoming draft? I'm going to hope the Bengals. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I'd say the Chiefs would be my hope, but uh, the Bengals would be my guess. Bengals at five. Kev? Yeah. Yeah, did you see Joe Burrow's knee the other day? Like, they need to take an offensive tackle. Like, they really need to protect him. Brad, what you think? Did he post it on the internet or something? They had a photo shoot with our guy Mixon and everybody. And when he was on the, was the, the throne, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. The Bengals is my pick as well. I think um, when you had a quarterback of the future, you got to make sure he's protected. And, you know, I, I think they can find, you know, through the whether it's free agency or the trade market, they can get more weapons. But you can't really get a long-term tackle like Sewell on the market. So I think they should go get him. All right, let's move to the next one then. The four shank. The four shank is a prime cut of meat underneath the front legs behind the brisket. The cut is made up of almost entirely muscles and tendons and is not going to work well in a grilled pan fried steak or as a grilled pan fried steak. So since we're talking about muscles and tendons, we're talking about physical specimens. Who is the best physical specimen loaded with muscles and tendons in this draft class? Um, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> it's a pretty simple answer, I guess, right? Kyle Pitts. I, I mean, there's probably a better, like, there may be a defensive player that's like a better specimen than him, but that guy's unbelievable, like a true unicorn. He really is. Kev Brad, is that where you guys would go to? I was going to say Rondale Moore because that dude's size and he jumps, I feel like, 50 inches in vertical. Um, but that was my guy. That guy's impressive. I don't know how he, how his body looks like that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the opposite way. I'm gonna go Devonte Smith because he's what 170 pounds, so he's like an ant. Like he's a he's a very tiny guy, but he's apparently so strong. He's got NFL power, NFL speed. Like I, I don't know how he does the things that he does at his size. I just think he's a freak of nature. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with one of the small guys there. Player right. uh, player profile. I put Ant Man as his picture, and I thought Ant Man. There you go. There oh, you, go. you were onto something there, Brad. <laughs> The last cut, the flank, the prime, the the last primal cut sits behind the short plate, just behind the hind legs. The flank cut is where you get flank steak. Easy enough, right? If you cook it properly, the flank steak can be flavorful as a ribeye, and it usually costs a lot less. So, since we're talking about costing a lot less, which player projected to be drafted outside the first round do you think will be a value? You're getting them at a cost less type of value here, Heath. What are you thinking? Yeah, man, we've talked about a lot, a lot of the wide receivers in that range that like one or two of them is going to fall out of the first round, and that's probably going to be the answer. It it could be Rondale Moore. It could be Kadarius Toney. It, it could be um, Terrace Marshall. Um, but I, I, would, I would guess like whichever one of those guys falls the furthest. Well, not the furthest because um, Hakeem Butler, <laughs> rest in peace. Oh, oh my um, God. But whichever one of those guys is taken in the second round. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to my guy, Amon Ross St. Brown from USC, Cali kid. Uh, I think he's really going to be very good in the slot. I think he's going to be very good in the red zone. He he is physical. He's probably one of the best blockers of the wide receivers. Uh, he, he plays hard. He's my guy. I think that he's going to be a value depending on where he falls. Brad, you come okay. with an answer yet? Oh, there we uh, go. <laughs> For me, it was the person who's going to fall, I think, is Kellen Mond. And I, I guess we already talked about him a little earlier. 
to me, he's like Dak Prescott reincarnated, even though Dak Prescott is still alive. I I, I just think Calamond has all the tools of a big time NFL quarterback and he's mature. Like he's had three years to start. I don't think he's gonna be, you know, weak at the knees when he gets a shot. I really think he's a good quarterback and I think he's gonna make some team very happy. I can't wait till we publish our rankings and you have him in the top ten quarterbacks yeah. for next year. <laughs> I was gonna say, Chris Sams, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hello. Well, that was a great discussion with the the meets and the draft prospects. I think we got a good understanding going into next week. Let's get to the next part of the show here. It's the question of the week. And our question of the week is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. The fastest growing fantasy site, sports betting site out there is Monkey Knife Fight, an official affiliate of Triple Play Fantasy. Use code Triple Play and get up to $50 of your deposit match when you become a new user and use that code. If you're looking to win some cash, make sure you check out the Triple Play Monkey Knife Fight shows starting soon. They'll give you a 10 or 15 minute look on some locks that we have to help you win big. All right. So our question in this week, which or who is the most terrifying offensive lineman of all time? that you remember watching. So it's a very loaded question. I know, Heath, do you have an offensive lineman that sticks out for you? I do because um, when I was a kid, I read uh, the name of the book was They Call Me Dirty, and it was by Conrad Dobler. And I didn't ever actually see him play. I was a little bit too young. He played mostly in the 70s. He was an offensive lineman for the Cardinals back when they were in St. Louis. Um, but he he uh, laid out in this book all of the terrible unsportsmanlike things he did throughout his career, and uh, he was he's the meanest <laughs> dude that I know that ever played football. What was his name again? Conrad Dobler, D O B L E R. Oh my God, he's got a big mustache too. <laughs> the dude looks definitely looks kind of ferocious here. I can see that. That's a good call, Brad. Who's your pick? I couldn't. I literally couldn't think of one. I, I I would never, I would never think of an offensive lineman. So I'm not going to start now. What about Richie Incognito? Okay, that's a that's a good pick. He was one of the, he was the the bullying one, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's the sure. only one. That, that's the one that popped in my head when I came up with the question. Kev, what about you? I'm going with my guy Larry Allen because uh, he's a monster. Oh, okay, that's a good and, pick. you know, he benched 705 pounds officially, squatted 905 pounds. He also is just a monster, and he went to Butte College where I actually went, uh, so I kind of I saw his records. And he almost killed Jose Cortez. If you've never seen this video where the Cowboys scored a touchdown with Drew Bledsoe, and then Jose Cortez missed, I believe it was the extra point, after like an 80-yard um, drive – he grabbed Jose Cortez, and I thought he was going to split him in half. So if you haven't seen that video, it's on YouTube. You go watch it. Wow. Well, it's good clickbait right there for me. I'm going to definitely have to go check that out now. Jonathan Ogden now. Now I'm starting to Oh, there we go. <laughs> okay. Jonathan Ogden. I like it. I like it. Let's get to the last part of the night here, and that's going to be our game of the week. Now, Heath, I know you have to know where that's from, right? Yes, that was uh, that was the NBA song in the mid '80s, right? Yeah, NBA on NBC. It's a classic. There you go. Always gets. I feel like it gets us in the mood for the the last part of the show here. So our game of the week is the Triple Play Fantasy Football Spelling Bee. All right. So if you guys oh, miss wow. the Spelling Bee shows on ESPN too, I know I really miss them. I uh, miss the Spelling Bee. 
thought we'd bring that to you guys today. So I have five words for each of you guys. Each one is going to be more difficult as we move along. Hmm. The first one is one point. The second one's two points. Third is three points and so on. Okay. So keep track of your own score because I'm not your mom. All right. And <laughs> then what you're going to happen is, is if you get it wrong, the person who goes after you has had a chance to steal it and steal your points. And if they get it wrong, then the last person has a chance to steal it. So whoever has the most after five rounds wins. Sound good? Sounds embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to get your confidence up to start. So, Kev, you're, and you want to spell their last name, not their first name. So, Kev, your first one is Ryan Tannehill. Uh, T-A-N-N-E-H-I-L-L. All right. One point for Kev. Heath, your first one is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, M-A-H-O-M-E-S. All right. One for Heath. Brad, yours is Justin Herbert. H-E-R-B-E-R-T. That took you too long. <laughs> All right. One point for Brad. Very right, cautious, right. man. I was cautious. <laughs> we're on the two-pointers now. Kev, your guy is Demarcus Lawrence. L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E. All right. Heath, yours is Marlon Humphrey. H-U-M-P-H-R-E-Y. That is correct. Brad, yours is Cameron Hayward. H-E-Y-W-A-R-D. Oh, I thought I might get you with the A thinking of Gordon Hayward. All right, that's good, good. Number three, so you each have three points through two rounds. Number three, Kev, yours is Legadu Nane. Uh, Ooh. Uh, Nane? Legadu Nane. <laughs> Country of origin. Can I have a country of origin and a <laughs> uh, pronunciation? Uh, I don't. Nah, nay. It, N-E, He's from Brazil, right? N e n e. Say it again. N e n e. I have it, no idea. Oh, uh, I gotta get my Xing bother, but that is incorrect. Yeah. Eat for a chance to steal. Do you think you know how to spell it? Um, can I get a legado? Nah, nay. Uh, N-A-N-A-Y. That is incorrect. Brad, you have last chance at it if you want it. I'll only try, one possibility I'll left. N-A-N-E-E. N-A-N-A-E-E. You are the closest, but is incorrect. Like I do Nane spelled N-A-A-N-E. <laughs> so there you go. That's tough. Where is he from? I think he's from Brazil, but I I didn't do his background research. I was talking about the basketball player when I said that. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was going to say yeah. he makes sense for Brazil. I, I can't look up his origin and host the game at the same time. So <laughs> Come on, David. All right, so Heath, your next one is Ben Roethlisberger. Wow, that's a lot better than like a <laughs> R-O-E-T-H-L-I-S-B-E-R-G-E-R. That is correct. It's harder like, to say it than type it. Like it I, I type it without even thinking, but when I'm saying the letters, I have to think about it a little more. I feel like once you've typed his name a couple times, you're like, it's just automatic for you, especially like obviously with as many articles as you do. Uh, Brad, yours is Captain Mutterlin. Let's say it one more time. Captain Munnerlin. What position? He was a cornerback. He's not in the league anymore. Played mm-hmm. for the Panthers. 
Captain Munnerland. Mm-hmm. Did I pronounce that correctly? Munnerland, yes. Munnerland. Captain Munnerland. M-U-N-E-R-L-E-I-N. That's incorrect. Kev, for a chance to steal, can you get it? Um, M-U-N-N-E-R-L-E-N? Close, but no. Heath, last chance at it. Can you get it? M-U-N-N-E-R-L-Y-N. Wow. Heath, on the board with the stolen one right there. Wow, you got that. L-Y-N. Okay. Yeah, no, it, it was a tricky one. It was a tricky one. It was tough. All right, we're on the fourth word here. All right, I don't know if you guys are getting these ones, so we'll have to hope for the best here. Kev, yours is Prince Amukamura. <laughs> oh, um, um, I don't know. A M O K O N. I'll stop you. I'll stop you there. I'm terrible. I'm a history teacher, David. A M Amukamura. A M U K A M O R A. Close, but no, Brad, you got the last chance at it. I'm going to go A N U K A M U R A. Brad, I thought you were going to get it, but that is incorrect. It is A M U K A M A R A. Yeah, it was. No, no chance. I was you were real close on that was, one. Yeah, I was seeing the name on the back of the jersey, but I couldn't yeah. spell it. All right, Heath, your fourth and second to last word is Star Lutale. Lutaleli. I can't even say it. I forgot to say his name. You guys know what I'm talking about, though. Lutaleli. That's great. That's a great explanation for us right there. You guys know do what I, I'm talking about. Do I have <laughs> to get the apostrophes right? No, yeah. just the just the letters. I doubt I'm not gonna get the letters either. I don't know why I asked. L O U T E L E I L I. Not a bad attempt, but that's a Pretty big accent. <laughs> Brad, do you have a guess? I am going to pass. <laughs> Save yourself the embarrassment. Fair enough. Kev? I'm passing. Nah, I'm good. I'm. I can't. I'm not gonna be able to do that one. Anyway, it is. Yes. It is spelled L O T U L E L E I. Brad, your word and your second to last one is Ryan Ramchek, the offensive lineman for the Saints. Ramchek. R A M. Mm-hmm. Check. C. H E Q U E. He's French. <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of that in the NFL. <laughs> I love that. Kev, you want to take a chance? Yeah, that's right. R A M uh, C H Y K. Close, but no. Heath, last chance at it. R A M C H A K. No, it's. R A M C Z Y K. The tricky one. All right. Last word for each of you guys. We're back at the top with Kev, and you have Namdi Asamwa. 
<sighs> Why you got to give me – you got gave me the other one that sounded just like this. Uh, this song. is the Eagle super team right here, right? Um, Asamoah. Mm -hmm. A-S-H – I probably already missed it. Did I already miss it? A-S-H-O-U-G-N-A. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stop yeah. you there. Ah. Heath, can nope. you steal it? Nope. nope. <laughs> Brad? Namdi Asua. He is uh <laughs> Do I get do I get points for knowing he's Carrie Hilson's husband? I mean everybody knows. I that. mean uh Carrie Washington. Carrie Washington. Yeah. As Namdi Asamwa. A S O M W A H Namdi no. Asamwa. No? It's A S O M U J M U G H A. Aso Mugga. Did you sound it out huh. there? Yeah. All right, Heath, your last word. TJ Hushmanzada. This one isn't that bad when you sound it out. H O U S H M A N Z A D E H. You were so close. Brad, can you clean it up? TJ Hushmanzada. H O U Z Hoosh. Now you're out. Okay. Kev? <laughs> I'm going to pass because I wasn't paying attention to Heath, and I do. I'm going to do the same thing that Brad did. H O H O. I pass. I, I, I right. quit. It's H O U S H M A N D Z A D E H. Hoosh Manzada. You got pretty right. close, Heath. Brad, last word. Devin Aroma Shadu. I feel like you keep on saying last word. This, I mean, this uh, is the last round, so this is, this is the last. This round. is torture. Say it again. Say the name again. Devin Aroma Shadu. He was the wide receiver, played for a couple teams. Aroma Shadu. A. How am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> Good so far. R. O. M. A. S. H. ADU. Oh my God, Brad! I thought you did it. I think if anybody, oh. if any of you get this, I think you win. So I think Heath is up by one point. Just for that was kind of phonetic. If I got that close, well, it was close towards the end. So let me try it. Okay, so A R O M A. That's what he said. A S H. He said oh. A D U. A D U. I think that's incorrect. That's the exact same thing he said. <laughs> no, okay, no, he uh, said, "Oh, David, yeah." Oh, um, damn it, it's the other way. I Dang didn't it. know how to pronounce it, and he won me a fantasy championship on the Bears. Uh, I started in week sixteen and seventeen, I believe, and he had like one hundred and eighty yards and three touchdowns the last two weeks of the season. He had like two hundred and ten yards for the year. He's setting um, it up for the win. Yeah, I always call them Aroma Shodu. So I'm going to say uh, A-R-O-M-A-S-H-O-D-U. Yeah, I meant O. But... Heath, not only That's did he win you a fantasy Kevin. championship, but he won you the game. <laughs> this wow. is even more important than that, really. <laughs> <laughs> a double dip. That is awesome. I, I totally didn't even know he did that for you. That sets up perfectly. But... uh. Heath, man, it's a total blast for us. Thanks so much for coming on the show and hanging with us tonight. Really had a good time uh, talking about meats, and I learned a couple things, and, <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully we all did.
This is definitely quite the show, and uh, thank you for playing along with us. For those that live under a rock and don't know what you do or where they can find you or anything like that, can you plug all the work you're doing, where you uh, can be found, all that good stuff? Yeah, you can find me on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, anywhere you can find podcasts. You can find me on CBS Sports HQ, anywhere you can stream sports. And uh, as far as written content, the newest thing we have this year is uh, Dynasty Fantasy Football Central. We've got like 20 prospect pro- profiles now, five mock drafts already. Like we're really diving more into Dynasty this year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that because you guys always kill redraft. And uh, I think you guys will be really valuable for having people who don't know that much about Dynasty. They're going to turn to you guys to to learn. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, but everybody that tuned in, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening, watching. However you consume the content, we really do appreciate it. Stay tuned. Next week, we're going to be bringing in former NFL head coach and now new Tennessee offensive coordinator, Hugh Jackson. He's going to join us, talk some NFL draft stuff. Until then, everyone be safe, be well, and we're going to make like a bread truck and haul buns. See you later.